What's up, guys? The interview you're about to hear is I, I had a great time. So the, the two folks that we interview on today's podcast are Dr. Shaka and Dr. Scott Glenn. Um, just a little background, but we get into a lot of it in the podcast. Dr. Shaka is the pediatrician for Coach Glassman's kids and has been uh, for years. Also, they both had a significant um, role in CrossFit Health over the years and largely some of the things we talked about in the podcast or how to take this idea or this concept of CrossFit health and then figure out how to apply that moving forward. So we get it and pretty sure that everybody's on board with the idea of CrossFit health and trying to move towards the general population and fighting chronic disease. But the sense is that people are really struggling with how to execute that idea. And hopefully some of the things that we talk about in this podcast, because I really think they do, will kind of shine some or shed some light on some different ways to do that. Um, it was such a good episode, and we talked about some things that are pretty in the weeds here with regard to chronic disease. Um, so you're probably going to want to listen to this podcast three or four times and take some notes. There's some really, really good information. But we also talked after the podcast, and we are going to sit down and we are going to do a Q&A with both of them. We will put this out to the community beforehand. We will get all of your questions. Be as detailed as you want with those questions. We'll let you know when it's going to drop. Um, but I really, really want to have them back on because these are some of the folks and these are the relationships that us as gym owners and coaches need to start fostering moving forward so that we can really start to uh, battle that um, you know, tsunami of chronic disease and we can do it with fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. I am super stoked for this one because uh, what we're going to talk about today is hopefully going to fill in some gaps for the larger community going into the future. So guests on the podcast today are Dr. Shock and Dr. Scott, uh, a pediatrician and anesthesiologist. And what we're going to do is largely talk about chronic disease uh, and how gyms can navigate kind of that new mission moving forward. Um, but Thank both of you so much for coming on the show. Super stoked about this conversation because I'm going to learn a lot. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, so real quick, so um, just so people have a little bit of context, give a little bit of your backstory. So we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I know, Shaka, you are Coach Glassman's, uh, his kids, you're their pediatrician, correct? Yes. Okay, Yes, great. and I love it that you didn't say him. Everyone always like says the adult. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm not that old. <laughs> Well, so I've learned some etiquette because I spent a significant amount of time in the hospital with my daughter. So I kind of know some of the rules with regard to that. So, uh, yeah. And so, so, and we live in San Diego. And so I met um, Greg and Maggie and family down in San Diego. And uh, then that, that's how I got involved with um, all of CrossFit. And really, I have been practicing here for 20 years as a pediatrician. And I was practicing kind of like I would expect most doctors to practice, where I was doing what I had been taught. I was always, you know, I went to medical school at UCSD, and I kind of thought I was always doing like the best job ever. And then I started really kind of learning some of the stuff where, hey, why is this going on? What's going on? And I remember I went to uh, one of our American Academy of Pediatrics, um, their conferences, the national conference. And... I came back and I was like, why is Coca-Cola like front and center sponsor for pediatrics? Like, what do they have to offer us? I don't understand this. This just doesn't seem right. And it was about like probably about, you know, 10 to 15 years into my career. And so I started asking a lot of questions about 
things that we were doing as pediatricians that didn't really make sense to me. Now, there's a lot we do that I think is amazing, um, but there were some things that weren't really making sense, and I started talking to um, Greg about this, and he helped me understand a lot of the politics and, and really kind of helped me get to the next level of bringing really health, um, not just medicine, to my patients. Were you an oddball for having that question about Coke being a sponsor? Or is, yeah. that, or is oh, that something oh, yeah. that like everybody's just like, oh yeah, they're just the sponsor? Oh, 100%. I mean, I went actually to the, they had this huge, um, like a booth. They have these like vendor booths and they had this huge booth. And so I haven't really told anyone this, but I mean, there were these, all these doctors lined up for free samples of Coke at <laughs> a conference. Now I will say in, in defense of all of this, I think we all change and we all get a little bit more educated. And there are probably things that I've done over the years that are ridiculous. So I don't want to be like pointing fingers at how dumb people are, but at the same time, ridiculous. So I remember I went up to the front and I went up to the salesperson. I'm like, excuse me, um, what are you offering us? Can I ask you, what are you educating us on here? And I remember like two colleagues pulled me aside and they were embarrassed by me. They were like, Shaka, you were just embarrassing. I'm like, no, I just want to know, what are you offering me as a pediatrician giving me a Coke sample at a pediatric conference? And so having said that, you know, for about two years now, they're no longer a lead sponsor um, for, for, they're no longer sponsoring the AAP, the AAFP. But at the time, I, I, I was completely embarrassing to the, to the docs there who were all lined up trying to get their free sample. That's everybody likes something free. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. However, I, I mean, that's just such a bizarre scenario. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think what's more bizarre is that like people are embarrassed by me going, Hey, what are you offering? And they're like, look, I think you're kind of like harassing them. <laughs> but I, I think the interesting thing is, is the question that never gets asked, which, you know, because people are just happy. Hey, Coke's here, you know, you know, enjoy, enjoy Coca-Cola. I mean, it's been ingrained in our life, our whole life. So nobody says, what's Coke's actual interest in medicine? You know, which is the billion dollar question probably. I mean, why, why do they actually feel the need to sponsor this? They're not just giving away Coke. There's the, you, if you see a sponsor, they're probably there for some gain. And, and I think that is, the, is a disconnect for a lot of people in the community. And a lot of people think that Greg has just this hatred for Coca-Cola because it's Coca-Cola. And that's fundamentally not it. I mean, anybody who spent any amount of time with him knows that he, you know, like he's a man of principle, right? He's just like, yes. hey, listen, this is what I believe. And this is, and this is what's right and wrong. And he actually doesn't care if people drink Coke. He's like, drink all the Coke you want. He's like, don't fool yourself and think that it's healthy. His beef is their interference in health sciences. Yeah, that that's hundred percent exactly. right. Exactly. I, I've heard him say it you know, multiple times that he wants Coke out of the medical industry. Um, you know, not, not that he has any problem with the business. He's very libertarian. So and he doesn't care. I mean, each person can do whatever they want, but he doesn't want the behind the scenes influence of, of the healthcare policies by uh, a soda company. And you asked such a great, you have such a great point, which is were, were other people wondering why they were there? And no, they weren't. They were just, I mean, passively, 
just taking what was being given or not even passively. They're standing there waiting for their free sample. So doctors should have been asking. We oh, yeah, should have been it's asking. like good-looking good drug rep. I'll prescribe this drug, you know. I mean, free Coca-Cola. I mean, people, people don't, you know. I mean, doctors don't get out much. So if we get a little bit of attention, we're easily, you know, falling prey to some deceptive uh, marketing techniques. And so, and we'll get into this a little bit later in the podcast, but what are some of the things as a pediatrician specifically that you, so like, I, I think regardless of what profession you are in, I can think of some pretty awful things I've done as a trainer 10 years ago, 11 years ago. From a pediatrician, what are some of the things that you've kind of reversed course on with regard to treatment of your patients, um, which is incredibly important because your patients are a future generation, a future generation that are either going to need massive amounts of healthcare or not, essentially. Um, yeah. No, I think the big one is diet related. So food related. I definitely, when I first came out of training and for a good 10 years, basically prescribed what, and just repeated what I had learned. And I really thought that's what, what we did. And so for example, first food was cereal. Uh, and then the whole like, oh, well, as long as the cereal that kids are eating are multigrain and that whole um, just feeding processed garbage and not really recognizing that I had a great voice to help families understand that that's not what we feed our kids. So that's a big and I, I like I said, I don't want to really call it a mistake. It's more of a learning because what we're doing is we're doing what everyone's doing. And I really had to get past, and that's what uh, Greg really helped me with learning is to really kind of open my eyes. And, and he just, and he gave me the support for, I was already opening my eyes with that, but you know what? It's okay to do that. There, there's something for me that's asking that, and it's a good question I'm asking. Um, so it's the food, and then also treating things with medicines where they should be treated with food. So if a kid comes in with, and I've said it before too, with like constipation, Instead of just giving a prescription for a medicine, I really need to be asking people and people need to be asking themselves, what, what are you eating? So, I mean, that's not the same thing for if you have pneumonia, I'm not going to have you come off gluten, right? So <laughs> there is a great place for certain medicines, but at the same time, I can't sit around and have these kids eating all this junk. Um, the other thing is it's given me a backbone behind it so when i'm sitting there and patients are right in front of me popping you know or they're eating their kids are eating granola bars and fruit snacks i actually have so much more strength i feel like i have an entire army of doctors and um the, the entire team who are supporting me saying yeah you know what you got to drop that like that is not a food you can't give your kids this food and it's just that that's what's better about this and, and i think that um uh Starting in the early 90s, you know, this whole idea of evidence-based medicine came about. Um, and, you know, the words sound pretty sexy because you think everything you're doing is based on, you know, some real science. and You can feel good about what you're doing. But, um, you know, and this, this is one of the things that Greg has really pushed as far as the physician side of CrossFit Health, which doesn't really deal with the affiliates, um, but with educating the physicians who are CrossFitters. And that's about how... Most science now is really what's called consensus science, which is a bunch of people get in a room together and go, well, what do you think is best? Well, what do you think is best? Well, I really like that Coca-Cola and that rep was pretty cute. So let's use this medicine. And, you know, I mean, so the, the way that 
uh, decisions are made based on consensus is not really what's called modern science. Um, you know, it's called postmodern science, and it's not really actually scientific technique. So a lot of the, and the, but then doctors just follow along, oh, this is what the guidelines recommend, but nobody really, you know, digs into the story. Well, how did these guidelines come to be? Because physicians are really busy, you know. Um, you know, you can put, like, a bunch of garble in the, in the body of a paper, and the doctors are just going to read the abstract. Because it's or the a, title. Or, or the title and say, oh, this is good, you know, and, and, it, and then it gets diluted out or diverted even further when it makes the headlines for, you know, MSN or, or you know, the latest news channel or something. So people don't really have science behind the recommendations that are being made. There was some really interesting talks and I'm really bummed. I missed the vast majority of them uh, at the health conference at the games. Um but Greg talked about that at the affiliate gathering too, about how the, that postmodern science, which is largely consensus, or, or you can think of it as like this kind of like weird self-licking self -licking ice, ice cream cone of peer review papers, right? Right, um, yeah. He talked about that and he said, it's, it's the antithesis of actual science. It's just like, we all agree uh, because that's what we think it should be versus it doesn't seem like there's as many kind of naysayers or that one person in the group who's, who's there simply to oppose the idea for the sake of having a discussion about it. Right. Um, he talked and, about that at length. And if you agree, disagree with the consensus, you get kicked out of the club, you know? Yeah. So it's a very, it's a very, very, you know, it's very adversarial to having, uh, you know, differing opinions, which is, you know, how most things really come. The, the answer almost always lies somewhere in the middle and it's only through, intensive debate and disagreement among scientists that you kind of get down to the truth, I think. And that's really been bred out of the current medical system. Do, do either of you think that is because largely uh, many of the things that would fall in that chronic disease bucket uh, don't necessarily feed the medical machine from a, from a financial standpoint? Oh, for, for sure. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of money in eating real food, whole food, you know, I mean, the food industry is involved in that because, you know, they want you to eat packaged food. Um, and, you know, similarly, people don't want you to eat meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, you know, go do CrossFit four or five days a week and get healthy. They want to put you on a medicine and, and, you know, the medical system and, and, and doctors do a lot of amazing things and all healthcare workers from first responders you know, nurses, people who sweep the floor in the hospital, everybody in the medical industry works really, really hard, long hours and, and makes a lot of sacrifice. I, I, most doctors aren't these, you know, conniving, malicious people who are looking to screw you over to get rich, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think people don't realize it, but, but the system is really designed to put you on medication and medication only, other than like acute illnesses, like like an infection and maybe some medicines, acute medicines, you know, you could almost say cancer's like an acute illness that you can, you can defeat it. But a lot of other things, the medicines are designed to just slow the decay, the descent, you know, before you crash into the ground and get buried. And they don't really reverse the course of disease. Except anesthesia, which we love. Right. For That's sure. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think people want to be awake <laughs> from most of those procedures. But, but, you know, I mean, in certain, that's when, like a lot of people going to anesthesia and stuff, I mean, you know, there's certain subset of doctors who just love surgery because when you cut something, you can often cure, you know, to cut is to cure is kind of the surgeon's motto. But, but when you go to a lot of primary care, 
people and it's not their fault. And this is where really the role of CrossFit Health and, and, and the affiliates come in is that the system is not set up to see you for one hour, five days a week and to help you move and to give you just little snippets of information on the whiteboard, like a little talk on some days about nutrition, a little talk about, you know, self-care. Are you doing things? Are you happy? Are you getting enough sleep? All those little things. I mean, I can try and throw all that into your five minute appointment by going, and make sure you do, 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 like the disclaimer at the end of a, of a, of a drug ad for all the things it might do to you. But, but a physician can't really, you know, nobody hears things one time and goes out and knows what to do and does them. It takes repetitive kind of, you know, reminding and instruction. And, and it's just like any of the benchmark workouts in, in CrossFit, not, not to many people unless they have an incredible fitness background come in and just nail them all. It's, it's, you know, you make progress and you continue to make progress and you make changes and stuff and people work with you on a process and, and getting healthy is the same way. So largely anybody's going to be listening to this podcast, like everybody agrees, right? So nobody, there's not going to be a ton of people that are like, no, this is a bad idea. Um, so I kind of have a question with regard to some of the patients that you see probably, probably more. So most of yours are knocked out, Scott, and don't talk to you, but they, uh, shocker for you. How do you start to have that conversation? So, and I ask that because, um, largely the kind of docs that fall into kind of the, this more holistic method, they get gobbled up pretty quickly by, by a lot of the people who want that type of treatment. So do most of your, are most of your clients pretty health conscious? Or are you still, in, still dealing with a fairly large population of people who just don't know any better? And if so, how do you start to have that conversation? Well, I think that um, people are actually open to at least hear it. The, they're, they're, open to hear what I, so it's not hard to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. The what's limiting on it is time for us, for me. I mean, I know when I'm sitting there and let's say I'm talking to somebody about literally about, let's say it's a kid who probably has pneumonia and the other two kids are in the background eating, you know, a Slurpee. And so I really want to go, Hey, you can't be, that's not good for you. The sugar there isn't good for you, but it's how much time I have. So one of the biggest rate, it's not, that they're not open to it. And then the second part is, is that how much of it are they actually understanding makes that difference. And that's where it becomes more of the lifestyle and how do they have it happen. So I can tell them, you gotta cut out the sugar sweetened beverages. Mm -hmm. It's this, 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 and I can have a conversation with them. But then when, if they're in there, let's say I have a 14 year old with headaches mm -hmm. and I'm talking to them about headaches. And I say, well, what are you eating? And then they get that. And then at the end of it, they're like, what do we do for the headaches? Got and it. so like, no, no, I just told you what to do for the headaches. So they're open to it. But number one, understanding the significance of what that is for everyday health. And then number two is just time. And number three is actually, I think it's a lot of what people really want. And so it's, that's where I think that the bulk of this, us, I'm not going to, to be honest, I'm not going to make the difference. Making the big change is not going to be from the doctors. It's going to be from the affiliates, from the coaches. They're the ones that are going to conquer chronic disease. It's going to be them. And the reason why is I can only say so much. The time is like Scott said, the time is going to be spent with them educating. 
Right, and it's sort of the foot soldier versus a, a general. You know, a general can kind of lay out a master plan and and uh, come up with some plans of action for you, but you need troops on the ground that are going to actually do the actual work and and be there on a consistent basis, day in day out. Um, and that's you're not going to go to your doctor for an hour a day every day. So. From a practical standpoint, what would you guys, and I'm asking you personally, and, and, and a lot of people get a lot of value out of this, how do affiliates, because there's two conversations in a lot of scenarios that we have to have. One, we have to have that conversation, which most of us at this point are probably at least somewhat well-versed, depending on how long you've been doing this, about starting to have the conversation about you need to stop eating refined carbohydrates and start eating whole foods. That conversation is not as difficult anymore, just based on a lot of things. Most people are walking into the gym and they're there because they haven't figured it out. The far more difficult conversation I've found in the more recent years is having conversations with the medical professional behind that person who said they need to go do some things, but they're also said, uh, yeah, and you need to be on statins and all of this other stuff. And and I talked about this with Greg on the podcast we do with him, you know, that we can't cross that line. Like that's irresponsible and negligent in a whole lot of ways. So how do we start to have that conversation kind of potentially through our members to the doctor or directly to their primary care physician? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I mean, maybe one of the ways is to give some primary care physicians in your community free membership or something you know, and, and actually bring them on board and, and, and slowly indoctrinate them into sort of the mess and, and into having, you know, a new way of thinking. Because mo most physicians, you know, I mean, even in, you know, uh, in our professions, and we've been involved with CrossFit for a long time. I mean, you say that we're CrossFit and people are like, oh, you're going to get hurt. Or, you know, they, they people really still don't out, outside until you come in and see it and do it for yourself. It's really hard to just tell people those things. Um, and and there, so the best way is to try to find people who, you know, maybe look for and, and, and CrossFit corporate is slowly putting together a directory of physicians who are CrossFitters or CrossFit friendly so that people can maybe direct their medical care to those people. Um, can I? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you. I was going to ask, is there something – if I was trying to get to one of you two, we, we've already established that both of you guys are crazy busy. So that's already hard to even get on the radar, much less get some time. So are there ways, are there different avenues I can approach from that would at least allow me to start that conversation? Because I've probably tried to call no less than a dozen doctors who were either ortho surgeons to determine like what was wrong with like how did surgery go, what's protocol moving forward, or primary care physicians who put people on a ridiculous amount of medications just to get some background information about what this person can and should be doing moving forward and what we can potentially start helping them do with regard to their health and their wellness. And I, like I'm batting zero at this point. So the only ones that I have a direct line to are the ones that are already in my box. Like they're like, I get it. I totally understand what you're doing. Like I'm in. But I think that's a key too. And I think in every box, there's, you know, at least three to five, probably more and more physicians. And I think that, you know, I think everyone's heard about these, all these MDL ones that are happening, you know, um, with um, a certain frequency. 
and going up to Santa Cruz, these doctors are all being um, doing the L1 and they're doing it together. Um, and it's really with a mindset. And then they're coming back afterwards to the, the following ones, you know, that you guys know that's the DDC and building an army of physicians. And we're just getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. I think they're already out there, but then to really kind of reach out to them to let them know. So what is being done um, in the background to be able to have this is more and more of the docs are getting their MDL one. And so, so they- For understand. those people that don't know what the DDC is, can you elaborate on that? Because I think most people are on board with like, okay, there's a level one that's primarily for, you know, um, doctors, nurses, stuff like that. But what is the DDC for those? Adults? So the Derelict Doctors Club is, it's, it's at the same time as the um, MDL1s in a separate part of at HQ. And they have three speakers, two, three, four speakers who speak about um, a, different aspects of the mess, whether it be, you know, um, Dr. Jason Fung or who's speaking about, you know, with the diabetes code, obesity code, also speaking about how monies um, are moved around in medicine and what the, um, the dollar values and why things sometimes don't make sense. Um, so those lectures are happening at that time and continuing. So people who have done the MDL one, um, they will go back and will gather together uh, during that time and continue to basically have like-minded physicians, um, um, some affiliates who are discussing basically the mess. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of the, uh, if you follow the articles and, and the little videos that are on the main site, um, most of the ones that involve different speakers are, are talks that were either given at the CrossFit Health Conference or um, at the DDC. So it's basically okay. a similar, similar group of people. They're not really like, this is how you treat diabetes. They, they would talk about, you know, this is how the system's broken and, the, and, and what's wrong with the protocols or you know, where there's some, you know, some sort of break in the system between what should be happening and what's actually happening. And then the, um, for that, that's for the physicians, right? That's educating the doctors. And we're getting more and more. And then, you know, anyone that's near us will ask us and we'll refer out. There is the physician network that um, will be you know, happening so that people can reach out to them. But then for the affiliates, it's like Scott said, those videos are up. And I know sometimes it's hard, you know, sometimes you go on, but the main site has so much great information. And I think it's just a matter of um, diving in because, and don't be intimidated. Some of the articles seem a little difficult to read sometimes, but they're, the summaries are amazing. And then you can go in and just start. And once you start reading them, they really start making sense. And even if they don't completely make sense today, keep reading them, they will. And you're gonna have an aha moment. The affiliates are gonna go, oh my goodness, this is exactly that. And they're just educated with that information. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something he, Greg also talked about at the, that at the affiliate gathering. It's, they've kind of switched the, the purpose for main site, which is it used to be that B to C tool which is like people that want to do crossfit and people that want to do seminars they go there and to, to be entertained and watch videos and they switched it now as a b2b tool but i don't think most people know that um because quite frankly i didn't know that and, but when he said it it made perfect sense and i talked about this on a previous podcast but um the it, the website now very at least to me this is my opinion uh very much when i read through those articles that's what i envisioned like crossfit health being right so it's all these 
it's all these articles that uh, will allow affiliate owners, coaches, trainers to start having an educated conversation so that when they do have the opportunity to sit down with a doctor, the doctor's like, oh, you are well read and not just somebody who just wants to have an argument with, with me about like this person and their statins. So that's where I think that tool is underutilized simply because people don't know why it's there and they don't know how it would be valuable to them moving forward. And it just gives them a more, it gives them a better understanding of what's happening in the entire space. Because again, to me, the affiliate is who's gonna make things better. They're the ones who are gonna conquer this chronic disease, prevention, reversal. But if they don't know enough about diabetes and not enough to, to they're not med managing, but they're understanding the disease concept, right? They're understanding why it's, they, they, why they're not eating sugar. Which is, and I know it's, we all know that, the refined grains, the, the, the sugar, I know we all know that, but at the same time, we need to be role models on that and sort of understand that that's what we need to be helping our clients understand. And I think, I think too, most people have come to really believe when you go to the doctor and they give you a diagnosis, that now this, this becomes your identity. Oh yeah, I'm a diabetic, hypertensive, obese person. And, and, and society has become very much, um, people have become disempowered and, um, and, and they're you know, sort of a little bit of a victim. And, and the reality is that people need to be more accountable for their health and well-being, but also you know, empowered to know that they that that the solution is within their hands you know and that's one of the beautiful things about crossfit you know and this is what greg talks about it is the life life best our life raft and the tsunami of chronic disease that the chronic diseases are all preventable and reversible and you know almost every single uh, chronic disease can be reversed with proper diet and nutrition i want to make a comment on the the um the main site too it's mm -hmm. so if, as an affiliate you're not going to give medical advice. You're Correct. not going to. Yeah, I do, I do want to stress that. Like, do not cross no, that line. That is but not you're, and I wasn't even, I, that, that was just coming from me. You're also not going to probably sit down with your client's doctor. But you are going to be educated going through these main site articles on why the, the treatment or the reversal of the treatment is going to be at your box and how you as the affiliate are going to make them better and the idea that they probably don't need to be on a statin and they're going to be better with the work that you're doing you're not prescribing it you're not unprescribing it you're not getting on the phone with the doctor but you're making that your client healthier and you know that you know the science behind it and so even though again like the thing for me is i know some of the articles are hard to read i know they are but they're really well summarized and they're really well summarized and then Pretty soon you'll start going into the articles, people will, and really reading them. And they're actually fantastic. Yes. Where I have found success is not necessarily uh, direct to a physician, but uh, essentially arming my client who is their patient with information to either ask a question or propose yes. a solution, right? So like, for instance, I had a guy years ago who... Uh, he was a little bit overweight. He wasn't super overweight, but he got his blood work back and he knew I was a CrossFit trainer and owned an affiliate and I was still in the military at this point. And the docs 
were going to put him on a bunch of medications because they saw his, uh, he had triglycerides of like 400. I mean, it was high. So I, I said, Hey, like, listen, I'm not going to go against the doc. And I actually knew the docs, but I wasn't going to have that conversation. I said, ask them if they'll give you 90 days Bingo. before they put you on medication so that we can try to do it with food. And, uh, I mean, we brought them down like under a hundred within 90 days, like just by Amazing. eating, but the doc. So, and that's where, that's where my recommendation would be is like arm the patient with the information because the doctor will have the conversation with the patient. They will not have it with a third party. Yes. Right. But, but it's great that you knew, you knew 90 days you're, you're going to do it. There's you're, and you're comfortable with that. You're comfortable with that. You did exactly what you should do is where you talk to your client and then you did the work that needed to be done. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of articles on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mm -hmm. And some of the articles have been, you know, if you, if you look at the articles, it shows you how um, quickly it can be reversed. And so you're not, again, you're not doing the prescribing, you're not doing the unprescribing, but you're, you're able to have that information as to what you can, what you're able to do with your programming. Right, and it can be reversed within two weeks, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, nine days. You know, uh, that, that, that you can reverse something that is now the leading cause of liver transplant in this country. And just with changing your diet and, and exercising, you can, you can change the course of that chronic illness like almost overnight. I think this is why a lot of the allergy testing and a lot of that stuff has become pretty prevalent, at least within the crop. I mean, everybody's getting blood panels done these days. Um, but uh, Mike G had actually, he, he had asked, he recommended that I bring up some of the chronic disease testing um, and then like how, how affiliates and coaches can educate themselves more on that. What's important, what's not important, what should they start to be digging into from a physician standpoint, like what would be step one for an affiliate with regard to some of that stuff? Why don't you, yeah. All right, so well, it's interesting because Shaka and I actually started a company because of this very problem. And, and the fact that when you go to your doctor, you're probably not going to get the test ordered that you want. And then even if you do get them ordered and they don't come back uh, the right way, they're going to put you on, you know, metformin, insulin, a statin, a blood pressure medicine. Um, and instead of, you know, giving you that, the 90-day the, the test, as we'll call it now, where you just change things and say, let me come back in 90 days. So we started a company called the Warrior Clinic where, um, you know, there's a lot of different things you can screen for with chronic disease, but the most prevalent and debilitating things in this country are due to sort of what's called the diabetes, you know, epidemic, which is diabetes and obesity. Um, and and uh, so we have a test, a very basic test that screens for a hemoglobin A1C and then lipid panel, but it focuses on triglycerides and HDL, not the LDL. Um, you know, you get that result, but we're not looking to put people on statins and, and we provide um, instructions for people with, you know, what kind of lifestyle changes to make if their labs are not normal. So it's a simple at home kit that you do. You can order the kit, you get a check and then, you know, I, I sort of liken it to, you know, you want to check the oil in your car from time to time. There's no way to really know, you know, I mean, I guess you have a check engine light, but you don't want to wait for that to go off. So you want to do these tests to see how you're doing on the inside. The, uh, so this is why I think this is important because, and I want you to elaborate on the HDL for people here in just a second, but the, I think the reason why services like that are important is because I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had pushback from a physician, and largely this was in the military, um, when I was trying to be proactive about blood work. And the, and the 
the counter argument was always like, well, it's an invasive procedure. And I'm like, everything in the military is invasive. I'm like, what are we <laughs> talking about right now? Um, but you know, I would ask for, I'm like, Hey, can you do a fasting insulin test instead of a fasting glucose test? Like it, I would just prefer it. And I mean, I would literally have to lie and tell them I had a history of diabetes in my family <laughs> in order to like <laughs> to get some of that stuff because those were the only ways I was able to have a conversation with a doctor or somebody who wanted to put me on cholesterol meds because I had cholesterol of 230, you know? And I was right. like, it's the only metric of every metric that you pulled off of me that's off. Is it possible that that's not really a big deal? Yeah, you've nailed it. You, yeah. you nailed it. And yeah. the, the, the test, the two things. One is the tests that we picked are just the, the ones that we really think you need and they're the most valuable. Um, there, you didn't mention though that you can add. So those are the two biggest ones. Okay. That, um, and that's what's included. You can add on a CR, HSCRP and you can also do, um, um, so there's only, that's the only test we have. And then you can do a fasting insulin. Okay. We wanted to make it to like, this is, this is the big money right there. Like that's where it's at and it's affordable too. So you're not going to go do a $400 test. You know, um, the one thing that you mentioned about the pushback is, so we even get pushback and like there's, you know, there's some docs that'll say, you know, you really need to leave that to the physician. The physician needs to make the decision as to whether a patient gets this lab or not. Mm -hmm. And I really have no, that makes no sense to me. So if you look at, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Why? And the, but the, the bottom line is that, you know, a lot of doctors are, how they order tests is very protocol driven, yeah. but, but then you look around and the incident and, and, and if people are getting healthier and better, you'd say, Oh, it's great. Everything's working. But the fact of the matter is people are getting more and more sick. You know, the incidence of chronic disease is rising and you know, 70% of, of deaths in the U S every year are due to chronic disease. They're preventable and reversible, but there's no reason with all the science and technology and everything we have that people should be getting sicker and sicker. And, and I don't think most people realize how much bad food they put in their body, even people who think they're being healthy. And that's why it's important to screen and check because we all think we're doing pretty good, but oh, we eat a few of these packaged bars, you know, that, you know, oh, they say they're paleo and they're, you know, organic and they're gluten-free and, you know, you know, made on Mars. I mean, whatever the labels are, you know, some crazy, crazy stuff that, that, that oh yeah, this is the latest thing. But in reality, they're, most of that stuff is not healthy. If you're not eating just real food and whole food, it's probably not healthy. And unless you check, there's no real way to know. And it's um, the, a lot of the blood panels and some of these things are, in my experience, those, the people that pair the nutrition with the fitness, with these additional metrics are the ones that have the most success because you can lie to me about your food. You can lie to me about your training but you cannot lie about that blood test, right? When it yeah, comes back right. and nothing's changed or it's gone in the wrong direction. And I'm like, we have to acknowledge that you're completely full of shit at this point. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's not how this works because like you already said before that a lot of these things, 90 days is a big enough window for most of these things to see a fairly dramatic swing in one direction or the other, if we're putting in the effort. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know if you've heard of the company uh, Verda, that it was started by what was his name sammy the guy who did the um yeah he did the was it was it apartments online or i forget what he did he did some internet trulio. trulio 
Um, oh, okay. Got he, was, it. he was an interesting person because he decided he wanted to row to Hawaii with his wife um, and say, hey, honey, what do you think about this? And, and they were both endurance athletes before, but he went around and asked, you know, what was the best nutritional program for that? And, and eventually he ran into Steve Finney and Jeff Follett, who have done a lot of work with like low carbohydrate um, nutrition and decided that was the best way for them to do things. But when he got back, they actually broke the record by about 15 days for rowing to Hawaii. Um, but when they got back, he started this company where they work with type two diabetics and it's sort of a online, you know, conferencing and then they um, test people, but they've had people on these low calorie diet or low carbohydrate diets for extended period of times and had tremendous results reversing disease, but they had this one small subset of people who didn't get better. And so he did, you know, for, for a lot of people, they do these food labs where you have to be locked up in a place, but he did a ghetto food lab and he took everybody to a holiday inn and nobody could leave and, and, and they controlled every single meal that all these people had for several days and every single person that was a non-responder responded, you know, weird. so weird, yeah, weird, weird, weird thing. Right. So, so there's, cause there's all this stuff and, oh, you have these non-responders, et cetera, et cetera. Probably it's non-compliance. Um, you know, almost everybody, if you eat the right food to respond. It's super funny that when I give the nutrition lecture at the seminars, uh, I kind of, because I've been doing this for 10 years at this point, like I kind of tell that story in the gym, which is, okay, so somebody's doing constantly very functional movements, executed high intensity, they start to see a little bit of body composition change, they start to get a little bit fitter, and then they plateau, and then we have the conversation about their nutrition, and I say, how's your nutrition, to which the response is, unanimously, 100% all the time, it's pretty good. <laughs> they're like okay what does that mean and come to find out they have no idea what it means they just are embarrassed about what's going on so that is just the natural response and even when they do start to comply to some degree it it is a safe bet that 100 of your clients lie to you with regard to like what they're eating so there's some there's something that's i agree there's something else too that um you know i don't really want to be 100 percent compliant to perfect eating. I sometimes I want to have a little fun and I want to have, you know, whatever it is. And there's something I want. And so the whole thing with the the testing is, you know, we know that a third of our country is pre-diabetic, that between the pre-diabetics and diabetics, it's about half of our country. And so what we want to do is find the right balance. And we also know that no one specific nutrition plan is perfect for everybody. We all have different metabolisms. And so for me, what I want to do is I want to check, you know, on the regular to make sure that, you know, once a year to make sure that what I'm doing is working for me. And that's for somebody like me, but for someone, you know, if you're an affiliate and you have a new client, what you want to do is get a baseline and then, or even if it's not a new client, if they haven't had testing done, get a baseline, see where they're at and see, you know, what they are having, what, what is their carb intake? What is, and then if, if these labs are high, make the changes that you can make and retest them in three months to find what their bodies and their metabolism needs to do to keep them from losing their vision or other, you know, being dizzy and, and ha- waiting for those symptoms, then going to the doctor and then being on meds. Like that, does that basically like summarizes what I want for the, for the testing, right? Right. I would agree. So, uh, so let's do, let's do a, a super mini workshop here. So for the test that you guys recommend with the warrior clinic, 
obviously you guys are going to make the recommendations there on, on, on what needs to happen or, or do a cons. Well, actually, how does that work? Actually, let's back up a second. How does I'll, that I'll tell you from everyone you go, you go online, you order the warrior kit. Okay. You go on www.thewarriorclinic.com. You get, you order it, comes to your house, you poke your finger. If you can't poke your finger, someone can do it for you. If you can't do either of that, you can actually choose to go to a lab as an option, but it's really easy. You stick it back in your mailbox, just put it in the mail, and then we get the results, we get the testing, we run the test, and you get it um, on your account, and you get like a really pretty color-coded green, yellow, red with then a discussion. And all of the discussions start with, don't panic, this is reversible. It's do not, you know, we don't want you to run to your doctor and get on meds. We want you to, and you know, if you're all green, great, carry on. If you're yellow, what you were, you were going to say something. And so, and that's the way, and then if you're yellow, we want you to make the changes with your coach, with your box, not, we, we really don't want you at the doctor's office. We want you doing the things we want you with the people that know how to make a difference. That make the yeah. So on that note, so for, for any trainers or coaches who are listening to this and they kind of want a crash course on just to be educated, not necessarily to recommend, to make a recommendation of any right. type, what are some of the metrics that would, and as, as broad as you guys want to make it as far as like, what puts me as far as A1C or HDL or anything like that, <clears throat> excuse me, what do those numbers look like or, or what should, what would you guys see or what falls in the category of red where a patient where this is like alarming? Yeah. Well, so I'll start with just a little background on, you know, diabetes, which also is, you know, if you, there's a, there's a yeah. Joseph Kraft did a ton of these tests um, where he tested both insulin and glucose together between um, fasting and then after a glucose challenge test and Joe Westerland is obsessed with craft and the craft test. He's a um, smart dude too. Oh, he's super yeah. smart. But, but the, the, the thing that was discovered is that elevated insulin levels, um, you know, precede elevated sugars and even elevated sugars in the low levels for a long time. And they're really the root cause of a lot of chronic disease. I mean, some people would say they're at the root of, you know, diabetes for sure. Um, you know, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, polycystic ovary disease, obesity. I mean, the list is very long. And, and um, that's all basically due to consumption of refined carbohydrates and sugar, which unless you're really strict and you're reading every label, it's, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think that's a great place for, for the trainers to, you know, it's not long lectures, but periodically in your talks at the whiteboard, talk about, are you eating? Are you introducing more whole foods? How much? food are you eating out of a package those type of things are very useful for them um you know and then when your results come back you know the the exact numbers are on the website so i don't want to spit them out because i'll probably say the wrong thing but you know unless your number's alarmingly high um it's not like you're in this emergency state and and you know by just making the lifestyle changes you can see the changes in a pretty short order and then retest the di- I mean, the diagnosis is really an A1C over 6.5 puts you in the diabetic range. And then pre-diabetic is 5.7 to, to 6.5. Yep. Um, and then less than 5.7 is considered normal. Yeah. For an A1C. And that's where I think some people get lost is, is like, okay, what do I do with this number? But I, I also wanted you to, can you give a crash course on the HDLs? And as far as like, 
uh, what you think most people should know, just like very baseline level. You don't have to go super crazy on this, but um, okay. this was large. Do you have an hour? I do. I don't know how everybody's going to listen yeah, to it. I would, I would, love, I would love to listen to it. Um, but right. I think that's one that gets misinterpreted a lot. That's why I asked the question. We'll give a summary and then the details so, too. So to deal with cholesterol um, and, and fat, you know, I mean, fat is a storage form of energy on our body. Um, it's there for a reason and fat is not a bad thing. In fact, like the fat, it's like, like the, you know, outside of your abdominal wall, that type of fat is, is considered to be healthy fat and is not really associated with chronic disease. Um, it's the fat that accumulates in your organs and especially in your liver that, that leads to, you know, the bad things that happen with health. Yeah, um, so for, and, for anybody who's like, I'll, I'll, I'll back up. So that would be what he's talking about, uh, what Scott's talking about is the visceral fat is what's bad. This, that kind of subcutaneous fat is not as uh, indicative of, of chronic disease and most, and Jason, right, Fung talks, and, and, Jason Fung talks about that at length in his book as well. Yeah, and, and that, I mean, our body used to put, you know, back in the days we didn't have, you know, whole foods delivery through Amazon. You know, people would not have food for periods of time. And so they would eat, and store fat and then they would have to go forage or find find the herd again to get more food so we're designed to do uh you know this whole intermittent fasting thing is probably how we lived a long time ago just because we didn't have food around all the time um but hdl and and what the doctors treat with statins ldl are not actually um fat or cholesterol they're actually the carrier vessels that carry and shuttle fats around the body because fats are not soluble in, in um, blood. Blood's basically water-based, and so fat would be just like oil droplets floating in your blood. So they're these little protein-encased molecules that have a water-soluble casing on the outside and fat-soluble on the inside, and they carry the, they, they transport the fat around the body. And, and, you know, characteristically, LDL has been called the bad fat, and HDL is called the good fat. But the reality is that they're all good in the right proportions they're all they're all you know cholesterol is made by almost every cell in our body and fat's an energy source for our body so all these things are not like it's not it's not like black and white like good and bad mm -hmm. but excesses of some things are bad um so hdl is considered to be the transport vessel which carries fat from the periphery back to the liver to be metabolized and gotten rid of so it's got, you know, and that's why it's called the good cholesterol. And, and, you know, a lipidologist will tell you, well, it's much more complicated than that. But, but the bottom line is that higher HDL levels found naturally. They tried to elevate HDL with medications and people actually had worse outcomes. But elevated HDL from natural causes, from exercises, not smoking, you know, not eating refined carbohydrates and sugar um, are, are, are highly correlated with uh, good good health, good, both yeah, low incidence of, they're, they're correlated with lower insulin levels and also with um, lower incidence of cardiovascular disease. Cool, so now you guys know about HDLs. So, uh, no, because I do think that it's something where a lot of people look at some of that stuff and they're not really sure how to interpret it uh, or they're just like, uh, okay, what do I do now? Um, but, and I, but I do think it's something, it doesn't take you very long to get like a baseline level of knowledge on some of this stuff, like, um, which I think is good to be armed with from a coaching standpoint. Um, so anything, or, or what else would you guys recommend from a testing standpoint? Like, is there anything past those original three or two? 
Well, yeah, I'm really, well, I mean, with, along with the HDLs to triglycerides and the, and the ratio of the two, you really want it to be less than two to one triglycerides to HDL and, and lower is even better than that. Um, but, you know, other things that we looked at to include, we have HSCRP, which is um, a, a reactive um, protein, which is made by the liver in response to inflammation. You know, inflammation is sort of the mechanism by which, you know, chronic diseases occur. It's some, something, you know, inflames almost like rusting on the inside of your body. Um, and so, you know, we, we added that test, which, which, you know, if it's elevated, not if it's super elevated, it's like, cause you got pus coming out of your arm, you know, or, or, you know, you've got some type of acute inflammatory process going on and then your CRP is going to be super high and that's the way it's supposed to be. It's all part of the body's, you know, mechanisms, the inflammation that attracts, you know, healing, um, you know, substances, macrophages and stuff to the area. But, um, and this kind of low grade elevation is correlated with, um, with heart disease. And then the last test that we do, um, it's not offered as an at home kit test yet. So you have to go to the lab to do it, but it's fasting insulin. And I really think of all the tests, that's the very best one, except that you have to go to a lab because yeah. elevated insulin levels precede elevated glucose levels, you know, and so it's the earliest warning sign of disease. And, you know, so it can be, you know, Dr. Kraft felt that, I mean, he made a couple of statements. One statement he said is there's no case of coronary artery disease that's not due to elevated uh, insulin. I mean, he really felt that strongly. Um, and, uh, but he also felt that insulin could be elevated for up to a decade before your sugars start to creep up. Um, you know, which is really scary how we're actually seeing pre-diabetes and diabetes and like five-year-olds now. Um, cause they don't even yeah. get a decade of life yet. Their sugars are just that, that high. Um, but, but if, so fasting insulin is kind of the last one and that, that's sort of the, the Holy grail, I think of screening for chronic disease. If you get your fasting insulin levels really low, um, your, your like likelihood of longevity is very high and having I've, a great health span. Yeah. I've, been, I've been told and read that like 5.5 and lower is like really really is that good yeah mm -hmm. okay. i shoot for two and lower but yeah mine's 5.4 so i'm good to go that's good yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 you know and it's good to track these things i mean it's yeah. really you know it's just like you know i mean we know you know greg's genius with coming up with uh you know benchmark workouts is you can really do something that's measurable and repeatable um and, and you know that's the same idea with screening tests because you can say oh i'm doing great you know, meeting well, blah, blah, blah. And then you get, and you're like, Hey, maybe I'm not doing it. You know, maybe I need to tighten up the program a little bit. You know, and similarly, if you have any one of the benchmarks, you think you're doing great and you go back and your time's like 30% longer than it used to be. You can realize that, you know, maybe, maybe you haven't been getting to the gym. I feel like you're talking about my fitness these days. Absolutely not. It's going in the wrong direction. As soon as I hit one workout RX, I'll be happy. Uh, do you want to like make a comment on the things out? So that's with the warrior clinic. Yep. But then add some other um, markers that are like the blood pressure. And right, yep. right. So other things. So, so one of the biggest indicators for, you know, bad outcomes is a thing called metabolic syndrome. Mm -hmm. and, and this, the diagnosis of metabolic syndrome is based on if you have three out of five abnormalities. One of them is an elevated glucose, which the hemoglobin A1C screens mm -hmm. for as well. One is low, tri I mean, low HDL high triglycerides, and then the other two things are an elevated blood pressure and abdominal circumference. 
So that's, which one of those is the addition to the deadly quartet? The oh right right right. Uh, um, I probably the blood pressure, but I forget. Oh, it's, it's been a while since I read that article. If you, yeah, if you, I so yeah, so they so they put additional one in there. But if yeah, you yeah. Have, if you're, yeah, if you don't know what the deadly quartet is, go read it. It's, we won't. Oh, it's an amazing article. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 so you know, it's it's really simple, actually. You know, again, not being physicians, but I don't think. I mean, I think that healthcare. I mean, preventative healthcare needs to be taken out of the medical space um, and into places like the box where a trainer can say, I mean, you're, you're not saying, hey, I'm making a diagnosis, you have this, you need to be on this med, et cetera, et cetera. But it's very easy to get a, um, a measuring tape to measure abdominal girth when people come in and, and to get um, a uh, blood pressure cuff and measure people's blood pressure and then have them screen either through their doctor or through something like the warrior clinic, which will give you the other three. And then you can say, look, if you have three of these five things, you have metabolic syndrome, go home and read about it. Um, and the solution to it is diet and exercise. And, and, you know, it's pretty simple to say, and you're not saying, Hey, I'm a doctor, this is what you need to do. And, and certainly for anybody within the box, if they're already on medication for, uh, either lowering blood pressure or for lowering blood sugars, then, and, and you're going to make drastic changes to their diet and nutrition, the, the physician needs to be on board with what's happening because they could you know, either bottom out their blood pressure or, or bottom out their sugars if they're not being tracked while they're making the changes. But only because you're doing so well. Yeah, and that is something I cannot stress enough. And people ask, this, these questions do come up regularly at the level one more often more so than the level two. But my general guidance is if you are not a doctor, don't do doctor stuff, right? Like that is not your swim lane. Don't do it. Um, but again, going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier is like start to arm your clients because they don't know. So now that's our yes. job to know. So inform them so that they can have an informed conversation with their doctor. So that is kind of the recommendation is like, you're going to have that conversation with the physician, but you're going to have it through the patient. So we live on either side of that patient. So we have to have that conversation because the physician, as you guys already stated, is really doesn't have the time to do that. We do have the time. Yeah. We see them far more frequently than the doctor does. So we have the ability to make a, a much greater impact on their life. But we do have to not just train them. We do have to educate them. And I think that is kind of that gap that we have to bridge with regard to, okay, everybody's on board with constantly very functional movements, trained at high intensity is effective, but how do we start moving towards the health aspect of it, which means most of us need to brush up a little bit on some of this stuff, start pushing our athletes to have conversations with their physicians, start maybe recommending people get more frequent blood draws and panels from the warrior clinic or wherever they can, if they can get it from their physicians so that they can start operating with all the things that we already do in the gym, which is observable, measurable, repeatable metrics. Because again, they can't lie about that stuff. Like if the blood panel comes back and it's a disaster, like that's a really easy right. conversation. Yeah, so. if your triglycerides are 400, you, you, you know, I mean, you know, then you have an idea that you probably need to make some changes, right? Um, and the, the quartet is um, HDL. It doesn't have HDL. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and, but I do think that, you know, it's, 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 I guess it's a fine line between practicing medicine versus uh I, I think I think it's completely within the scope of practice of a gym to just like you put somebody on a scale and if you use one of those ones that you get uh, 
you know, body fat percentages, mm-hmm. um, you know, and stuff that, that all of these tests are, are very uh, motivating for people just like, hey, I can do a push-up now. I can do a pull-up. I mean, that keeps people coming back. Mm-hmm. But when you actually see changes in your body composition or you see changes in your metabolic markers, um, you can really feel that you are in control of your destiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in the current system, you have to – going to the doctor sucks. I mean, it's, you know, I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find the time, right? I mean, it's yeah. hard to get appointments. It's hard to find the time. You don't have enough time when you get there. I mean, it's difficult. So – the, the more that people can be empowered to do on their own, the better off they're likely to be. That's and, great. and that's not to say if your arms are three pieces, you want to look up on the internet what to do. I mean, there's times, you know, it's the great soul lifeguard swim coach. Yeah. Stay off PubMed. Just get, like just, you, you get lost in there. But um, the, where, where's the best place to find what you guys are doing? Is it the warrior clinic? Yeah, for us, yeah, it's the Warrior Clinic, and we have a. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're we're pretty reachable. Just at the, in, the email at the info at thewarriorclinic.com if people you know have have um, questions or anything. Do you guys have any social media handles? Any like Instagram or anything like that? We do, but we're just starting it. So the yeah. Warrior Clinic. Just, but thank you for that. But we, yeah. we're just starting it. Um, so, but it's really and there's a lot of um, information too on the tests too if they want to know about it okay. um, on the website. And then we'll, yes, so um, at the Warrior Clinic. Um, but there, there's not as much information on that, but, the, but we're, okay. we're doing it. We're just going to push people there and force you guys to have to, have to grow that. To right. give information. Yeah, there's a lot of good reading there for people to, you know, get a little bit of information just on, you know. On the website. Again, you know, we're, we're not a nutritionist or a dietitian. Um, and, and so, um, you know, we'll guide people to, you know, somebody or, or you know, for, for if they need more specific work, but we give some basic discussions on what you should avoid and what is good. And similarly with, you know, exercise, I mean, if people are going to cross they kind of have it already, but we're, we're big believers in resistance training and, and, you know, high intensity interval type of training, you know, it's a cro- the constant, very, you know, high intensity functional movements. It's better than anything in my opinion. The work's what? being done in the box. Yeah. When did you guys, have you guys both taken the level one? Yeah, yeah, Mike Mike G was our flow master. Yeah, we nice. had Mike G, I mean, and we had EC, and we had Mo, and we had Ray. Uh, Ray. I Mark mean, Dermont, and we had uh, Matt Loden. So we had an amazing crew. That's a good crew. That's a good crew. Very. How right? long ago was that? How long ago was that? Uh, two and a half years. Okay. Really? Yeah. I was going to be like five years. It feels like forever. Because yeah, then we'd be expiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you'd have to re-up. And I have to ask, did you pass the test? Are you guys level one? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right, um, so so okay. we get home and, you know, I'm, I'm always in like everything for I've done, like my boards, everything. I'm like 99% up, right? Like I am like, so like, I'm, as, as I was like that med student that wanted to get an A plus, even though they didn't have grades. And so we, you know, we get home and I'm like struggling through this test because I've never not written on a test. Like you, I cross things off and they're like, do not write on the test. I'm like, wow, like, how am I going to do this? And then we don't have a desk. So I'm like sitting there trying to like visualize everything and we get in the car and I'm like, wow, babe, that was hard. That was really hard. I'm making excuses just because it was hard. Yeah. And Scott's like, that was easy. 
That was so easy. So for the next 24 hours, I hear about how he's pretty sure. I'm like, you know, babe, we didn't get results back. You know that we don't, you just get a pass. For, no. So nobody knows that you actually did better than me. You just think you did. Yep. So he's like a hundred percent certain that like, I got like one point pass passing and he got like a hundred percent. He I I got a hundred percent. Right. I think I did better. Than you. I like, <laughs> I like, I like that level of confidence. I can appreciate that. It's good. No, it is funny. It's hundred percent too. He knows the only one seen, did better. I have seen some medical professionals leave there in full sweat. Just, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think I pass on it. I just, I'm like, you've done far more difficult things than take the level one test. No, no, that test is so hard because they also put the wrong answer, the right answer from other questions to the wrong answer for, like, so is it in, in our boards, they don't do that. They just the right answer. As soon as you see the right answer, you go on to the next question. It was probably about halfway through the test and I'm like, there's some right answers to other questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. You actually have to now, read the whole question. How about that, right? Now, it could, you could have been some of those test questions in there, right? The ones that don't count against you, but uh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I was like, that. <laughs> I was right too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do watch people take the test and I'm just kind of like, I don't know about that. Uh, it's but, yeah. to watch people kind of their thought process when they do it, but um, cool. This has been amazing. I could do this literally for the rest of the night because uh, I love to nerd out on this stuff. But thank you guys so much for this. I think there is, uh, I think people will have to listen to this podcast two, three, maybe four times to pull a lot of this information out of it. But this is incredibly valuable information and incredibly important for the community because a lot of us, not only do we have to just shift our focus, but we kind of have to shift where we spend some of our mental resources in order to do that, right? It's not just train the air squad anymore. It's like, hey, if we're going to actually combat chronic disease, we have to continue to get to be better trainers, but we also have to get smarter and, and figure out yeah. what the good resources are. Uh, and you two are both helping the community do that. So thank you for that. Um, and thank you guys for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. And, you know, I really hope that the affiliates, you know, I mean, Greg's a genius. And, and I think he's seen, you know, where this can go so much further than anybody else. But I really think that so much more value can be added to what is offered inside of the box by getting people healthy in addition to getting them, you know, jacked. Yeah. And I think this conversation is how that starts. I have a vision of my gym in 10 years where that is like where you go for everything. Like we we're, like we have a nutritionist, we have a doctor, we have a trainer, like all the three things that you would ever need to basically live until you're 200 years old. So that's amazing. And we're, we're really grateful for the affiliates as doctors. We're beyond grateful for the work that they're doing to um, make all that difference because they're yeah. the ones who are making the difference. And, and that just gives me chills. Cause it, I mean, it's, it's so, it's, it just is so as a physician and you struggle with the, what's going on, it's, it's just so freeing to know that there's a solution. Yeah. It's, uh, we just got to keep pushing. It's just one, one, one person at a time. So mm -hmm. just like one thank rep you. at a time in a workout. So thank you guys very much. This has been amazing. So I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did one more time, please, Leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.